Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, welcome to the 392nd episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patron Max Goldberg. I'm Matt Enlow. And I'm Warren Kaplan. And today we have Sarah Mae Bates and Jeremy Connor. Sarah and Jeremy are a directing duo, a new duo. They're on the roster, Tool of North America. They're awesome. They're super funny. Sarah has an awesome background as an art director. She worked at many agencies. She has known Jeremy for many years and they've teamed up before in the past. She wrote a short that he directed that was at Sundance. And Jeremy, you might know from Drunk History. That's his show. He also had the Netflix show Waffles and Mochi. Um, he's been around for a while. And what I love about this duo is that Jeremy has like a traditional television comedy background. He's very funny. He knows how to direct. You know, he's in that traditional world. And Sarah comes from a pure advertising background. And so combined as two creatives, two like-minded people who have known each other for a long time, they really create this awesome dynamic where they're complementing each other in terms of their skills, whether that's an understanding of advertising or a, a network of comedy people who've all binge drunk on television with you before. So it's a really cool combination. They're really fun together. We had our minds blown a couple times. I feel like Sarah had a few treatment moves that I'm sure you and I will start incorporating at least in a philosophical sense yeah at least if we're pitching against them we'll use sure. their tricks yeah you will use make their sure tricks. they don't outsmart us listen i don't think they should sweat it um <laughs> <either way. laughs> yeah no they're they're really cool yeah jeremy also shared some tidbits about drunk history and what i really found fascinating was just kind of like you said the connection between a TV director and a advertising creative coming together and how they push and pull to create something unique and interesting. And yeah, I think everyone will have something to get out of this. It's a long chat, so we're going to get into it very shortly, but we want to remind people we have a live show on October 18th. We have a panel of horror and genre film directors. It's going to be at the Sawhorse Productions House. It's going to be so fun. We already have a lot of tickets reserved if you want to find out about this event, go to live.justshootitpod.com. Uh, there's going to be drinks. we got a pizza sponsor, Fresh Brothers. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them. We're super excited that they're uh, going to be supplying pizzas. And also, we're, we're giving away a few bits and bobs, some treats from Black Magic. Black Magic Design is providing a few door prizes. Oh, right. Like pretty legitimate ones. Very legitimate ones. They're donating two resolve pro uh licenses the studio version yeah the studio version so like uh the big boy version so i know resolve is mostly free but some of those premium the extra good stuff yeah, you have to have a license for and even more impressive we're giving away a studio camera g2 
pretty cool. That's the it's one of the new ones they've just rolled out. It's very generous of black magic. So if you want to get in the mix on that, if, if the incredible panel and the free pizza and the networking isn't enough, also we've got some free gifts from Black Magic uh, in the mix as well. So uh, come on down live.justshootapod.com to get your ticket. If we're out of tickets, the one cheat pass, the cheat code to get a ticket is if you sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash justshootapod, we will guarantee you a spot at the event. Patreon.com slash justshootapod. You will be supporting us. You'll be helping us pay our editor and, you know, make this show self-sustaining. Okay, enough about Patreon, enough about us. Let's talk to Sarah and Jeremy. Okay, we are here with Sarah and Jeremy. Thanks for joining the show. Sarah May Bates and Jeremy Connor um, for the uninitiated. So, yeah. Matt, I know you had a whole question, and I know you hate it when I talk about names, but I just have mm-hmm. to jump in right right now and say, so you guys go by Sarah, Sarah and Jeremy, Sarah me, and um, <laughs> if you go to the Tool of NA, which is like an amazing production company, congrats for being on their roster. It just says Sarah and Jeremy, and it never says Sarah May Bates, and it never says Jeremy Connor, like anywhere in the bio and anything. And I'm just curious if that's like intentional in some way, because even when you guys were pitched to us, you know, your PR person was like, hey, would you like to have Sarah and Jeremy on? They're these commercial directors. Um, and, you know, we get pitched a lot of commercial directors and Sometimes we'll like look them up and see what else interesting they have going on on them. But with you, all we had was your first name, Sarah and Jeremy. And Matt was like, you know, that's Jeremy Connor of Drunk History. Um, um, well, heads will roll. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm wondering, is that part of part of like what you're trying to do? Like just Sarah and Jeremy? Like, no. Like, are you trying to detach your commercial career from your narrative <laughs> career and your art director? No, no, not at all. Not at no. all. I okay. like this. I like this insight. I'm like, we will get on that right away. I, yeah, I don't even think that was, that's probably just an oversight. Both of you have backgrounds where you're, you were working commercially, you were doing your thing, and then you decided to merge at some point and become not just Sarah Mae Bates and Jeremy Connor, but Sarah and Jeremy, right? Why do the partnership? Where did that come from? Walk us through the pros and cons of a duo. We've known each other since we were five. We've worked together a million times on different jobs. Um, Sarah's brought me in as a director on a bunch of stuff. Uh, she wrote a short by, that I directed. We went to Sundance with it. Um, and we're, oh, we've always really loved working together. Um, I was always doing TV shows for the last decade. And commercial was just sort of a thing that like, hey, if I have a day, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I... I was never, it was, I always felt like a really out, like an outsider in this world. I always felt like, I don't know what I'm doing with commercials. And I would always have a treatment writer and a deck person sort of put stuff together. And, um, sometimes that's good. And sometimes it feels, you feel very detached from the mm-hmm. thing. And you're like, oh, <laughs> wait, I, did I say this show ended a couple years ago, drunk history. And then my kids show ended last year. And I'm just kind of really excited about getting back into commercials. And, and I was talking to Sarah and we had dinner and she was, yeah. uh, she wanted to, you know, I'll let you tell it, uh, you, how, what you were thinking, yeah. but uh, as you were eating, as we were eating, I got very excited about the idea of partnering with you because uh, yeah, 
you're like a ad genius. <laughs> stop, stop. Yeah, well, so for the last 20 years, I've been like a, a creative, an ad creative. I've been, um, first I was an art director for about five years, and then I switched over to being a writer. Can you and- just tell us, sorry to slam the brakes so fast, but just for like our more filmmaking listeners, we do have a lot of people that work in commercials, but what's an art director? Can you tell us in your, oh, yeah, what, that's a as good you point. use the term? Yeah, because it's very different than on a production. Um, so an art director, it, so in the advertising world, it's like you you work in teams for the most part. And there is a copywriter who's writing the scripts. And, and then there's the art director who is responsible for designing like the look feel of the whatever you're going to put together. So in the case of broadcast spots, it's like you put together concepts for a TV commercial or a short film, whatever it happens to be. And then you pitch it to a client who wants to pay for it. And then after that is sold through, you hire uh, or you you send it out to production companies like Tool of North America, where we are rep, and then you get uh, treatments back. And whoever wants to direct it like has to bit, you know, pitch on the job and you hire the person that you like their vision the best. And then those creatives attend the shoot and they're kind of just shepherding, for the most part, the client message and making sure that it's representing the product in the right way, has the right tonality, it's talking to the right people, all of the sensitivities for the most part. And they're also responsible for the post and like making sure the edit is to time and making sure that the copy is saying all the right things. And like they add all the graphics, they hire the graphics company, they hire the VFX company. So in the UK, it's a little bit different. Like the director gets to stay on board throughout the process. But here it's like, the director leaves after the shoot for the most part. And in a good production with a good relationship, the director will get to stay involved in post and will be invited to have their rough cut first. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always happen that way, but like that's ideal. And then if I always want the director, if I'm the creative on a project, I always want the director to be involved in post because I've hired them because of their vision and because of their eye. So I want them at the color session. I want them to be at the mix. I want them to be weighing in on music, all of that stuff. Right. And by the way, the reel that they sent you probably had a lot of director's cuts on it because they didn't like the client cuts or the agency cuts. Oh, uh, right? absolutely. Yeah. And so you I hired mean, them for their, also their post, you know, to some degree. And then just so crazy when they cut you out. And I've told, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I went to the, the DGA had a panel of like all the nominated directors for commercial, for commercials this year. And every single director talked about how much they worked with their editor. And they all brought mm-hmm. on their own editor. Like Kim Gehrig at some such has like her own editor that comes mm-hmm. and is, you know, doing these. And David Shane, like they're all so involved in post. And I think we all of us here, at least on this uh, call, know that, that that's like where you make or break, you know, oh, yeah. what you oh, shot. Totally. It doesn't matter what you did on set. It's like if the post is kind of phoned in or unintentional or overtaken by the client where they just want mm-hmm. more and more product and more and more close-ups mm-hmm. then you don't have anything you're kind of losing like the artistic integrity by the end i mean that is happening a lot more with just editors being completely embedded with the director and like that you can't separate that package and on as a creative it's not like ideal because it really is like you're letting go of control in some ways mm-hmm. like it's a good strategy though for a director for sure Art directors have way more work. You're just comping things and you have to like, you basically are like, the t- you're making a treatment, but you're making it in-house for the client. Mm-hmm. So it's a shit ton of work. 
And it's, I would say it's like very gratifying work, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to have somebody helping me, I'd rather have the art director helping me than, you know, and be the writer. So I think both Jeremy and I are like somewhat writers and I'm more of an art director slash writer. So I think, you know, as far as the way we split up our, our roles, I tend to lean in that direction anyway, just I'm a very visual person. So I draw my roots in that way. Um, and then after I became, I like rose Sorry, in the rank. Can I, can I ask you an annoying question about yeah. your old life bef- before yeah. you moved into directing? So often you'll get boards that are so awesome that you're like, ah, dang, like I can pitch something different, right? Like somebody clearly, like somebody did a great job with like, they're an ace at Photoshop and they've really put things together. And you're like, I don't know what you want me to add to this. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so I guess I'm asking when you were an art director and you would see boards, like when you'd see treatments come in, yeah, did it feel like, were you ever frustrated when people pitched hard in the opposite direction or you, you, know, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, like you, you have such a clear vision and I feel like, Oh, if I'm just yes, ending that vision, that feels like I'm not doing my job. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like you feel like you're supposed to pitch something further outside the box. I think your instincts are right. I think for the most part, creatives want you to celebrate their vision and then like enhance it. So it's like, you're, it's a yes. And I think, yeah. At Great. the end of the day, it really comes down to like, what's that extra little like shiny touch? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be big, but it, it's like some little, you know, and then I had this crazy idea where what if we, uh, you know, start did a steady cam shot where we're rotating around sure. the bubble, yeah. like, and then I'd be like, Ooh, I want that moment. And, and it's really just like that little extra touch that often allows you to yeah. see somebody. Well, that's great. Cause I've been scared that I've been phoning it in for <laughs> the last decade. No. Yeah, I did this thing with uh, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox a few years ago, and um, it was it was like for the I don't know some um, the this car that r- runs on trash, but not really. But like DeLorean, um, it was uh, I don't even remember the Mirai. It's the Mirai. Oh yeah, the Toyota Mirai. But he runs on methane, and then the methane now people get methane mm-hmm. from the trash. Uh, you know. Anyway. I did this short with them, um, but the re- the totally the way that I won it was by talking about how I was have like all of the best joke writers, and that I will bring on some joke writers, and I like mm-hmm. that was the the thing that I made, really made. They told me were, that like I really stood out because of that. And I was yeah. like, oh, like, that's the thing that you guys. That's the shiny thing. That was the yeah. shiny thing. Like, mm-hmm. all right. Whatever. Well, you know, we've seen Matt and I, because we've been doing this podcast for a while, we've seen a lot of like pitches, you know, for obviously commercials, but obviously like feature films and things. And for years, I would see someone have like their business packet for their, they're trying to finance their movie. And they're like, here's our cinematographer. And here's this, our actor. And here's our producer. And it's like, I've never heard of any of these people. So why are you showing me them? Um, and it, I, I always had that mindset of like, like, yeah, we'll hire a VFX artist. We'll hire a DP. We'll hire like, it doesn't like I'm trying to pitch myself. And once I get the job, I'll hire those people. And in the last year, I've totally done a 180 on that. Really? And I've been really like, we're going to, here's the three DPs we're looking at. This guy did this mm-hmm. progressive campaign this guy shot She-Hulk, you know, for Marvel. And this woman just did Star Trek. Um, 
And we're going to get this costume designer. She's a specialist at unraveling sweaters. <laughs> like um, she, she did all these unraveling sweater gags on iCarly or, you know, and I'm just like really building out like the rest of my crew as like something I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it has to do with the fact that I was at a place in my career where I was like, didn't feel confident to ask those people that were like kind of top tier DPs and stuff or things that had worked on people that had worked on things that people recognized. So I just was like, Hey, it's me. And then we'll find, we'll get a great DP, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like the fact that you're like, Hey, I got some of the best joke writers in the world, you know, that I'm going to bring onto your project and we're going to take your diamond and make it e- even mm-hmm. more beautiful. Turn it into a cubic zirconian is like pretty valuable. I think I'm curious about your, your relationship with each other. You coming from the ad side, Sarah and Jeremy from the TV side. Like I watch, I see TV directors and feature directors and I'm like, wow, look at that dolly shot. Look at this steady cam shot. Like, look at how he's thinking about something and you pan, we pan over to her and she does something and we pan back. And when I'm making my shot list for the commercials, I'm like, yeah, that is like 15 frames that we oh, do I not know. have time for. Yeah. So how do you guys like attack runtime like from opposite ends or is that something that's on your mind or do you just only work with the best agencies in the world so you don't have to worry about it? <laughs> long script. I mean, I just trust Sarah. Like Sarah's has done this 10,000 times. It's the coolest thing having as a director who is, you know, uh, loves doing commercials, but also I've just like, I, you know, it's a different art form than, than TV and, uh, and having Sarah there to just be like, no, no, we, they don't, nobody wants to hear this. This is what they want to hear. This is how we need to do it. We should hire somebody to make an animatic. We should do that. And I'm like, oh, we can just ask for stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Timing is like God in advertising. It's like everything comes down to like what's going to fit. And and that in many ways predicts whether or not like if you have a shit ton of product copy, you, you either have a bad spot or you, sh- you, tr- you know, trim the product copy. It's like it's it only so much will fit for it to still be good. And so I think like. Yeah, a lot of our planning is just we do animatics because it's like logistics are such that we need to know exactly what we can play with. And we also have Mm -hmm. to like figure out how much flexibility we can get before we even go on set. But yeah, I'm definitely I would say that's like my the way my brain is trained is like I'm constantly editing the spot and like seeing where I can cut things. So yeah, the, the ad creative definitely comes in there. How long have you been a team? So that we are relatively new. Brand, this is like a very exciting new. thing where where we are. You are at the genesis of uh, you know we've done a few spots. Um, we did this big campaign with Zoe Deschanel for Choice Hotels. Um, we just did a thing for Honda when this job sort of came up, and we ended up kind of getting the job before uh, we had officially signed, and then <laughs> yeah, everything just nuts. happened. Were you repped by a, a different company beforehand or how did you I, get a job? I that? was, I was, um, I, I, I was repped by caviar and, uh, they're incredible. I love everybody there. I was very happy there for a long time, but as they have, um, gotten so big, it didn't have the same vibes that I had before. And I, I was, um, already sort of feeling like, yeah, I want something different. I'm, I've been there for a long time. And uh, when we decided to join forces, we we went to Tool. 
And were you rep, Sarah? I had a production company I partnered with on individual productions, but no, I didn't have an official rep. We mostly have worked together on projects where I'm the writer for him for like uh, whatever short he's doing, or we've done a lot of projects with Jack Black over the years. And then also I hired him as the director on campaigns that I was working on. And I kind of, we kind of used it as a way to like hack the system <laughs> like, because we would, we had like such fluidity working together. I'd be like, Hey, let's get a camera. I have this idea. Like, we're, let's just go shoot it. I'm just going to like present it and we're going to cut it. And we're going to like, just throw it in the meeting. And we sold like a bunch of campaigns that way. And everybody <laughs> like started to be like, Hey, wait a minute. So you're saying you would basically shoot a spec. Mm-hmm. in advance of anything going together mm-hmm. and then that's mm-hmm. how you got things screenlit that's really interesting yeah. yeah yeah sarah would call me and would just i would you know call up a dp friend and he would come and do it for <laughs> free and uh i mean one time he came with a steady cam rig and was like yeah we ended up working with a dp uh stefan chapsky who did like ed wood and stuff um eventually on the on the job but um the guy who shot this spec um i think it looked better than the actual commercial (laughs) like it was great and we did it so quickly and run and gun yeah i would call like we'd call actor friends they would show up at like you know in carson at like a dealership it was like so run and gun and so fun like there was such a like spontaneity to it so yeah, in many ways, when we were recreating it, it was like a little less fun. <laughs> you know, like it's like, ah, it's kind of cooler before. But yeah, that's like, that's the spirit of everything that I've ever done. That's what, how Drunk History was made. That's how anything, it's crazy how many like things I've pitched and done uh, and failed at uh, that were supposedly the right way to do it. And then all the things that I sort of, did where we're just grabbing a camera and just going out and shooting a thing really? and everyone has to take 10 shots before we do this shot <laughs> <laughs> and that that actually works turns out that's it, like it worked an effective way to make films fun fact i am in the parker posey episode uh don't want to brag but i am girl number two whoa <laughs> you probably recognized me g right? hashtag I two mean. mm-hmm. yeah uh that's awesome it was so fun. I had so much fun. So I have a personal question. I mean, it's personal to me, not to you. Guys. <laughs> I'm applying for the DGA mentorship program for Episodic TV. Amazing. And it kind of all came about because I was hanging out with a couple of directors, a friend of the show, Kevin Berlandi, who uh, was talking about how he made it through the strike because he had directed a few episodes of NCIS that aired. And uh, I had no idea how much money you make every time an episode of a primetime TV show airs, which is like half of your rate, which I guess the DGA rate is like $48,000. So you get $24,000 every time your episode airs during primetime. And uh, so if your episode airs twice in a week, that's $48,000. And it's okay if there's a strike and you're not making any money because your residuals are paying you. And I was like, Dude, if you're making, so you're making like a hundred grand off an episode of TV. And he was like, uh, yeah. And I was like, so why are you doing commercials? <laughs> and he was like, well, I, I don't do them unless they're really big commercials, but I much would, pref- would much prefer to do TV. So my question to 
to you, Jeremy, is like, is that not a thing? I mean, um, that's, not to not to that's, that's not to, to what <laughs> Comedy Central pays. I mean, let me tell you how huge the Comedy Central <laughs> residuals. Uh, um, no, Comedy Central is like uh, you know nowhere near that kind of a NCIS rate. Um, and it's weird because it's these shows that none of us watch, mm-hmm. but they pay so much because I guess everyone other than us watches them. Everyone yeah. else watches them. Yeah, yeah. And what's What's been so maddening recently is that now that Paramount Plus exists, um, Comedy Central, uh, like, they don't have to pay us, really. I think we get, like, a little bit for putting up Drunk History or that show. Mm -hmm. I did a show called Another Period. I directed every episode of that and get, um, like, no residuals because they it's their own platform. Not even the first time. Maybe the first I, I have to go, I have to go back and look, but basically, like when comedy you're not Central, getting like a hundred thousand dollar check every week. No, there right. was a nice time, you know, uh, when when like all five seasons of Drunk History were like airing in different ways on Comedy Central, uh, but now like Comedy Central is just reruns of Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's bonkers. Like there's no, it's not a network. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. And didn't Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that was Fox or which? Yeah. NBC. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all like, it's The Office and yeah. So commercials is the way. Okay. Com- yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to not submit this, <laughs> this application. <laughs> I mean, we're, all, we're both all also, you know, working, uh, have TV stuff and we have would love to be doing features as well, but you know, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious, Sarah, you, so you wrote. Hi, I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created pretty litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A short that was at Sundance, like mm-hmm. how does that affect the, the rest of your career, like on the commercial side? Um, I mean, it looks really good on a resume. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> really affect, I, I feel like that is one of the few festivals that and and can and the one show I think are like the most well-reputed and people care. Like if you've been even shortlisted, it's like, it's so hard to get in that show. So yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. So do you put, do you put that in a reel ever? Like, do you guys use the Sundance piece when you're submitting? It was a long time ago. It It feels a little bit like, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. So long ago that the footage doesn't seem current anymore. You mean like format wise? It's so long ago. Yeah, we could probably format. I've seen different people's reels where they like intentionally make it into a small box inside Mm -hmm. of a a Mm 16.9. And there's something kind of like romantic about that. I feel like we could probably do something similar. We should look at that because it's great. It's got Jeremy Irons as a voiceover. We shot it like with no money in like. Uh, grabbed friends for favors and at one point like filled my friend's pool with trash and (laughs) filmed underwater (laughs) there were so many things that we just were like all right i guess we're doing this now it's harder to ask for favors now it's harder i was like man it really seemed like i mean i don't know it's harder for me to ask i think i'm just more uncomfortable asking grown (laughs) grown-ups whereas there was a time where it was just like yeah, why would anyone? We just gotta. Oh, we're all doing yeah. it together. Would you stop playing Madden for a few minutes to come help out? Be a, <laughs> yeah. an extra yeah, right. for us. And now it's like um, I gotta get a sitter. Watch yeah. kids I know. while I come do this. How many minutes do you need me for? I will say actors are always like, "Yeah, let's do it." Like I've never had trouble getting people to come and like be in a role, but it's definitely like, oh, man. like a person has to bring their gear. It's like that. It is a, a harder ask to make. You guys said that you've kind of known each other for many years. Did you did you find each other through filmmaking or were you like childhood friends? Like, how do I find a Sarah to well, tell me what I'm doing wrong on all these pitches? And uh, be in the same yeah. class with that person for 12 years and don't uh, fight with that person. And actually, you know what it was? Jeremy was so funny. He was always so funny. He actually made my, me pee my pants laughing one time. And uh, I had like to, two weeks uh, ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we were, we've literally, since we were five years old, we've been like, we've gone up uh, through, you know, everything. Did you grow up in LA? Yes. Yeah. We went to Crossroads, which is a very talked about school as of late. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk's. Elon Musk, yeah. It went there. Oh. And it has a, a reputation for being, uh, you know, an art school as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think a lot of now, there's like a lot of famous alumni. I think you mentioned working with Jack Black. He was a Crossroads alumni, uh-huh. right? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Like yeah you say that it's different now. 
Sorry, but well, but it, there are probably a list of alum of people that went to school with you. Yeah, but Jack Black oh, wasn't totally. famous then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but we we just talked about this on the podcast about like your best way to succeed in Hollywood is to have parents that work in Hollywood. And so us as people that didn't have parents that work in Hollywood, our best chance is to have kids, you know, <laughs> and they when they grow up in Hollywood. So if we put our kids in the crossroads, you know. Then they'll have their own Jack Black when they're doing like a, it's true, you know, a Channel One Hundred One short that whatever turns into something big or you know, however, however it is. Like there is something about living in L.A. that um, makes your network just strong. Absolutely. You know? I, yeah. Our we in our class of twenty five, it was like Jason Ritter and Zoe Deschanel, and yeah, you're right. <laughs> Robert Towns was a dad that we would like go to functions mm -hmm. and he was there and Michael Mann was a dad and you'd hang out mm -hmm. with him in the kitchen and mm -hmm. while your parents came to pick you up and like, it was surreal yeah. then and it's surreal now. <laughs> it like, is like, I mean, I know we're joking kind of, but like there is this thing that, you know, when you listen to stories, you're like, well, how I'm like a 40 year old man, like how, how can I recreate what you guys had, but like really... Maybe you can you can recreate something like that for your kids. Totally. I mean, so yeah, I my so I have I did this kids show um, called Waffles and Mochi, and um, and that was like with Michelle. I like, what's her name? Um, I can't I can't remember. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was Michelle Obama. With her husband, was Michelle Obama. She was uh, it was star. It was her first TV show. Um, it was an it's incredible. Crazy experience uh life-changing uh emotional it was beautiful and we were doing post during covid and i locked down and i i like gate i was like i need a voice of a kid for the intercom voice that like appears in every episode so i just like went in the closet and recorded and so he like ended up you know in the show i think there is also something about like you were able to stay friends because you stayed in Los Angeles for so long. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and because this is a town that's still a creative magnet, it makes sense that you all would be there. Right. And so, you know, we talk on the show a lot about like whether or not you need to live in Los Angeles. And when we first started, mm -hmm. you know, we were pretty adamant of like, yes, you need to live in a major market. You need to come live where people are, creating things right so that you can you know get a text from your friend and who wants to go do this weird video where somebody gets drunk and tells a historical story and your life changes right like that wouldn't happen if yeah. if there were only 10 people who were interested in making comedy in your town right like there's it's just a numbers game right and then obviously the pandemic hit people got used to working from home those chance encounters happened less frequently and also, as we're all kind of getting a little older, you're hanging out with your kids and not, you know, at the Echo or whatever. And so um, it's interesting. Literally, Matt and I were saying like, yeah, maybe we could move to Joshua Tree, you know, and still yeah. have a career in L.A. Yeah, like, who cares? Awesome, no one's right? in person. I mean, but, you, could, you, you could say you're in L.A. and sure, no one would sure. ever know. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. But the other piece of advice that Matt used to always give people, and I haven't heard it as much, was like, go take a class at UCB you know, and see who you meet. It's kind of right. a reason I don't say that quite so frequently anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Is UCB gone? 
Uh, yeah, mostly, mostly, and ah, they've had some some rough rough patches. Um, Nobody emailed me about but, that, but that <laughs> was the way. I mean, in drunk history. Yeah. We made it specifically for Derek Waters's midnight show that he did once a month on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had, what was it called? It was LOL, and it was just like a place yeah. where he would show people would yeah, yeah. show dumb videos and like. We, he literally, he, we, him and I made a bunch of the videos uh, throughout for like a, the, a year or two. And that just happened to be one of them that was <laughs> a yeah. really good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like UCB was the, I mean, that's what it was. It was just like, it felt like where all the cool kids were hanging out and that you'd find the great talent and everybody was going to make it together. And now it feels right. just like, some weird thing where like, I mean, it doesn't hardly exist anymore. Right. But being in the room together is still like valuable. It's like, you know, I, I didn't go to film school, but it's like what we'd say is the value of film school is you're just in the room with these people that care about film, you know? Um, and I'm assuming that in the ad world, it's funny. I work with a lot of agencies and I see, I'd say like 70% of the like creative briefing calls I have, people, everyone on the Zoom is at their own house, mm -hmm. like all mm -hmm. these agency people. And I'm like, how are you making good stuff if you're not like Peggy and Don Draper, you know, like <laughs> up all night in the room, like throwing spaghetti at the wall until something hits. One of the great relationships uh, <laughs> sure. ever on TV. To be emulated, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> the they, North Star. they made some great spots. Yeah. They did. Yeah. You're definitely together for post and that's like really nice. I mean... For concepting, I don't say like, you would. I'm definitely like, I feel like post is we were just in color a few days ago. We were all I went to color this week in person and it was totally different. And I was like, oh wow, yeah, I gotta do this every time because, like, like, oh, my monitor is yeah, has a yellow, yellow flux. film I forgot yeah. to remove <laughs> when I bought this. What's this telling me? It's like orange right now. Yeah. yeah, I'm someone who cannot, I do, I don't like sitting in front of a computer. I can't, I don't like sitting down. I, when I've had writer's rooms, I like every wall to be covered with like some crazy inspiration. Any, I mean, I just like, I need to be in person. I need to be on sets. I need to be around people. I need to, you know, throw ideas off of humans. Um, mm -hmm. I need to like also be able to just like open a door and be like, Hey, can we just do this? Uh, do you like this mm -hmm. or not? Okay, cool. Instead of being like, hi, we're going to schedule an hour long meeting to mm -hmm. fucking mm -hmm. go over this one stupid thing. But like, yeah, I yeah. guess it's just, I'm so ready to be done with <laughs> Zoom. With remote work. Yeah, yeah. With remote yeah. work. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, on that note, so Sarah, you kind of like came in as like the sharpshooter from the agency world. Jeremy was floundering at caviar oh, and there's taika ytt or whoever's on the roster was taking all the jobs and sarah you're like that's because you don't know how to be on zooms let's join forces <laughs> i'll make sure we win these jobs and let's go to a fresh uh roster so we can make an announcement you know reach out to some podcasts not tell them our last names um <laughs> And uh, and so now yeah, it says from the website, <laughs> don't ever live in let anyone know. And so now are you like, what's the dynamic when you're pitching things like when you're on a call, when you're like writing a treatment, like how I'm curious how kind of 
at this point, veteran TV director and kind of art director, creative kind of joined forces to be like an unstoppable machine of hotel commercials. I would say we share a brain and that we are, we'll both probably say the same things, but we do have like a nice balance in how we deliver. Yeah. Jeremy was just saying that. Um, and I think for the most part, I don't know. I, I'm definitely like more of the checking the boxes. Like I know you're thinking all of these things. I'm going to make sure I hit on all of those things. Um, and then Do you I rehearse like, to, like a presentation. Yeah, we usually rehearse. So when we write our treatments, we'll write them in like a Google doc. So we're both able to edit it and move stuff around. And usually what we're doing, it's like, we know exactly what is going to go in it. And then, uh, we just embellish on that. So it's like, we start, we start with just like kind of the structure of it. And then Jeremy will do a pass. I'll do a pass on his pass. And then he'll do a pass on my pass. And then I start just plugging in you know, the non sequitur kind of little glittery bits of like, what if it was like this? We just had this crazy idea, like maybe we build out this history and like this is the thing that comes about visually because of that history. And then I usually like to throw in stuff that I think that goes a long way, especially with like the post part of the process, which like graphics, if you if you if you don't have the money to hire a separate vendor to do your graphics, it's falling on the agency to do it. And I want somebody's help in like thinking through that process because I probably haven't had time to do that yet if I'm just getting boards out to people. So we usually try and include a piece about that, like giving some time and energy to like the cards. What do the cards look like? Oh, Where, what is our backdrop cool. for them? That's cool. What are That's great. Could we embellish with some supers? Like maybe mm-hmm. we're bringing information in, like we don't have to say it. Maybe we're saying it visually. These are some treatments that we found that we think could be cool for that, that like give you this little bit of like an ironic twist or like make this tonally feel like it's in this other world that we love from the Spike Jones video or I don't know. Mm -hmm, It's like mm -hmm. all of that stuff is like there's so much time and energy being spent to just even get boards to a director. So anything we can do to help solve future issues, I think goes a long way with creatives. So so that specifically talking about the cards is is so wild to, inside to information it's right so Such inside a, i'm blown away with it. that's like exa- right. i'm like oh my god i can't believe i like is that page have... 32 you told me to not touch <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so are, are there there other aspects of the pitch that come from that level of insight right like as something a director wouldn't think of or would, would even i wouldn't even realize that, that was my jurisdiction do you know what i mean like obviously mm-hmm. i think about the end cards but not anywhere near as, as thoughtfully as that. The timing, that was something that I never in a million years would have thought. Like, because for me, every time I've done spots on my own, I actually aren't even, I'm not even like, I'm just like, we'll just shoot the lines. And if it doesn't fit in the edit, like, unless it's a one like, we'll just, we'll figure it out. Like, it's not the end of the world if we have to, you know, cut a line or ADR a moment. Um, but Sarah, in the treatment stage, was timing it out. We were recording. She was recording. And she was like, the fastest. We, they cannot get this copy in under 38, four seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's impossible. Unless, you know, like, and, and, and that, in the treatment phase, you guys are doing. Yeah. That. And she came. And yeah. as part That's of it, she, she was like, we should pitch some alts for mm-hmm. lines and ways to get it and then record 
a you know a, a the copy that that can be done in thirty seconds yeah. uh, and show them uh, show them that. And I was like, yeah, I. I don't, I just, that's, ma- that's, I make a funny no. joke. And yeah, yeah you, <laughs> what I love about that. Yeah. is not just that it's smart and you're thinking, what does the agency need us to do? You know, and how can we be like problem solvers or, you know, kind of part of the, the team of, to help solve the problems that the agency has, not that the director has necessarily, but I also love the idea that you're making additional, like a, an additional type of media, like audio. That's so mm-hmm. easy to make, right? You can just record it on your iPhone or whatever, but you have this treatment and you're like, hey, click here to see, to hear this 28 second version where we get, mm-hmm. you know, two extra mm-hmm. seconds for this awkward pause or whatever. Um, and it's, yeah. it, I, I found that additional media in a treatment aside from like a PDF or whatever is like, just gets people excited because they've, they've seen so many beautiful, beautiful. Or, or it's on a real mixed media kick. Um, yeah, I've been doing like video treatments lately. I feel like we've all been in situations where specifically with timing, where you, you see the copy and you're like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I would be, you don't want to say this doesn't work. Yeah. You don't want to say this doesn't work. And what's so next level about that as an idea is you're calling it out. You're, you're saying you're showing your awareness of the situation and what they're working on and, and bringing them solutions that are clever and that you've thought through and you're ready to rock with before they even realize it's a problem, right? Yeah. It's great. It's really, really smart. Yeah. One thing I always appreciate as like a creative director is like when somebody's already using their time to plan all of the possible production things. So it's like, oh, you're already invested in this and you're already moving through the process Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. making this a reality. And it makes me feel like so at ease and like, oh yeah, you're already on it. You know, like, like what's an example of that? Like, oh, we'll shoot this in the morning. And then when the sun is down and this person needs to rest, we'll shoot this like kind of production logistics like that. That is definitely refreshing. And I always like to be inside on that stuff and like give people, you know, insight into like, this is how we're going to shoot the thing. And this is like the plan. This is how we're attacking it. But I think more than that, it's like. When you get into edit. These are the things that are, we know we can't touch. These are this is like the thing that's got to be perfect. This is the thing that's got to be said over this thing. Here's some play, ways we can get wiggle room around mm-hmm. this side and this side. So it's like you're being strategic. I also I also really found it unbelievably fascinating and helpful. I, I wish I could remember exactly the moment. I just remember that I was really obsessed with like some. It was like a camera or a like some technique or lenses I was like really wanted to like, and you were just like, I'm telling you these people will not understand any of what we're this stuff. Like this is the wrong thing to be presenting. Like I know that we get excited about this, but this is not the thing that will impress anyone. Having seen uh, eyes glaze over a couple of times too yeah. many times certainly <laughs> right you're like we got the, the signature primes yeah, instead exactly. of the master primes <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it is gonna rock your freaking <laughs> contrast levels yeah in an exactly. imperceptible way yeah are, are there other things that um that sarah have you been like hey don't bother bringing this up we'll get to it eventually besides the technical stuff um I think sometimes music is one of those things just because like, Mm. I think sometimes directors want to 
or it's sometimes some people like it, but I think sometimes directors want to be like, I envision this track and like, it mm-hmm. could be, you know, what if we did this thing with sound design? And it's like, in reality, there are so many negotiations that have to happen. And like so many people, there are too many cooks. So it's kind of like, ah, okay, thanks. It, it, it's almost like mm-hmm. a little bit of like a, not an insult, but like an annoyance. If some, if a director is pushing for a track mm-hmm. that said, you know, if it's like, uh, Michael Mann, I'm like, tell me if you, if like, I've just come to you for you to do your thing. Like, I want to hear sure. your opinion on all fronts, but I feel like, you know, for the most part, if it's like, I, I, I appreciate your thinking, but like, we don't need that, you know? Well, t- Sarah, I'm curious also because you're teamed up with Jeremy who like clearly it worked on this show that all these, everyone has heard of. Like, is there, when you've been on the other side, is there like a way to kind of drop that information without looking like thirsty or boastful, or do you not even mention it? Um, like, like how, you know, what, what's a good way to kind of like tell people your experience and you've done cool things and you've worked with cool people without seeming annoying about it. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know if we've perfected that by any means. I mean, I think humor and storytelling is the way to go. Always. I mean, I feel like everyone wants to hear a cool story. So if it's, if it's couched in that, it's like a little anecdote. It's like that type of thing. I feel like goes so far on sets too. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell that story to the next person they meet and the next person that asks them about their, their experience. Like everyone wants to hear a, a funny, cool story that relates to famous people. <laughs> right. Do you think the intro to a treatment should be like kind of personal, like how you connect Absolutely. with and so when you're a duo, do you, what do you, how do you guys do that? Just say, use the, the word we, I mean, we. the treatments are not drastically different than anything you've, uh, you've done, like, or we've done in the past. Yeah. No, you know, when we were first at Drunk History, when we were first like traveling around the, the country, there was like a couple, like the first couple days. It was like, oh, we're all going to be drinking together. Uh, yeah, I will take shots with everyone. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like day two. I was like, what am I doing? This is, I'm wor- <laughs> like, this is horrible. Like, I don't know what's happening. Why, why would I ever think directing drunk would uh, make any sense? Like, That's have, funny. You have to be so, so on top of things. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. It, directing is a... It's like a very overwhelming, all-encompassing thing, which I think is very good for me because I have like ADHD and I can't sit still and I like need to have like full immersion. And I feel like directing is the perfect way to, you know, the perfect outlet. Um, when, when, I'm curious, actually, with the, the drunk history of it all, I imagine part of why maybe you thought, oh, it'd be a good idea to drink with people early on was to set them at ease or to like, like build a little camaraderie or something like that. It's actually because everybody wants me to drink that. Oh, sure. to, sure. It's it's me turning it down. It's harder mm-hmm. to turn it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. everyone just, when they're taking a shot, they just pour me one and they're like, you, right. you got it. Right, you right, got to right. do it too, dude. 
did you have any moves though? Did you have like a way to like kind of set a tone where you're like, Hey, don't worry. This is still very chill. You're going to drink, but I'm not going to drink. Did you yeah, have, well, like I, a... I'll pour myself. I always pour myself something and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, we're cheers. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're all in this together. Um, but then I, I, yeah, I throw it away. And I like, I can't, yeah, you, you <laughs> you're just like Batman You just secretly, um, dousing champagne. It is interesting. I feel like there is kind of this, this thing as a director, which is you don't want to ask your actors to do something that you would not be willing to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But you also can't um, direct while you're jumping off a building. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, unless, yeah, it's like a stunt performer or some, something really specific. So, uh, so I'm curious because you, you, it sounds like you really hit the ground running. Things are going great. And you both have your own separate histories. You've been around long enough to know like, Oh, this is a cool opportunity to start fresh what what are the big picture goals like what what do you want to do in commercials long term is it just as simple as like work consistently or are there any anything loftier than that uh i mean super bowl definitely i feel like it's like you know i mean it's there are so many downsides to a super bowl campaign but at the at the end of the day it's like the coolest platform just I mean, whether or not it even runs on TV could be just something that's launching during Super Bowl. I just, I would love to compete on that stage, you know? Super Bowl commercials are the um, Super Bowl of advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you just blew my brain. Super Bowl would be great. And I think like, we really enjoy doing long form. So I think, I mean, we're we're working on some other projects that are not necessarily just ads. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a great, I think a lot of things are going to move in that direction. Branded content is not necessarily just like Pepsi. Oh, I, I'm just going to, you know, like, it's not like product placement. It's definitely like, you know, air. And like, the, there's yeah. so many movies now that are like long commercials. And I think I would love for us to do some project like that. That's like, it brings all of Jeremy's skills and history and network and all of that stuff into a way that like represents a brand in like a much more entertaining way (laughs) no offense to commercials but i feel like longer form commercials are great for brands but like not a lot of people finish them (laughs) i mean sometimes they do but Mm -hmm. for the most part you're doing that for yourself you're not doing that for the audience like the audience is like their attention span's so short so to be able to do narrative i think would be amazing yeah, I think there's some good examples of those. If if listeners are interested, I, Rebecca Niles, who was on our podcast, uh, she's the EP at Art Class. She was also on Jordan Brady's podcast recently, and she was talking about this um, Instagram short film called Small Fries that some such made. It's this director, Vincent Haycock. That's like it's like a three minute short mm-hmm. film about these two girls that use Instagram, and it's 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 good. It's just like watching a short film at Sundance or something. Um, and even I really like those Mark Malloy Apple spots, um, you know, where it's like the foursome that's putting trying to come up with like new packaging ideas. And it's just they're using Apple products the whole time, but it's just real character based and fun and intense and shot beautifully and <clears throat> cast like super well. So I think one yeah. of the things that we're both really excited about is also trying to get um do some really fun visual stuff. Feels like everything's going in that direction and we're so itching to, mm-hmm. you know, when we we send each other like every single, you know, cool 
thing off of like eye candy sure. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. If you yeah. are you you know like we're just like oh man we got to do this this is so cool like yeah. you know uh, I feel like we're really excited about, and I, I, I as I know that a lot of times for me, um, me in the past the the spots that I've been sent have been like it's a you know two guys in a mm-hmm. in a you know bar sure. or whatever and I'm like yeah yeah, yeah. you're really... like yeah I've done bars yeah, okay yeah, yeah <laughs> it's interesting I've noticed that trend of like hyper visual like maximalist visuals as like a thing even mm-hmm. in comedy and it, it's funny because I like my bread and butter is like two guys in a bar or like on a couch you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like not that i don't love that intense visual stuff as well but like like a quiet subtle super funny commercial doesn't feel like it's it's breaking out or breaking through the way they used to you know what i mean something that just like catches you by surprise even like a geico spot or something like that like they're they're the joke density and the intricacy of them it's just like it's just in a uh, you know we're just trying to get more people's attention basically so like mm-hmm. it's a drone shot into a probe lens with a match cut and yeah. then you know some crazy yeah. vfx move as well plus a joke i mean just because totally. it's all being like you're scrolling and it's you gotta hit you that's how people consume yeah. and yeah, so it's you like you gotta hit fast. yeah it's my that, theory is that that movement. stuff is gonna like not be so cool in a little bit like it's already like there's you know everyone knows there's this instagram channel profile called the eye candy and they have a website and they post cool visuals from commercials and like every art director knows about this so they're referencing all these things in the boards and they're like i've literally gotten scripts where it's like vertical spin transition to here we do a someone falling through their bed here and it's like all this tiktok inspired like Mm -hmm. hand covers the camera camera spins like when you're the director and like the art director is already telling you like how mm-hmm. to shoot this thing because they saw some cool thing on Instagram. It's, I, I think it, you're kind of losing a little bit of like the art and like the, the storytelling, right. You're like now just looking to make do cool techniques. And then from like a technical standpoint, like they're referencing things that are shot on iPhones, but yeah. we're trying to shoot them with like Alexa 35 with anamorphic yeah, lenses. And you need to build these giant rigs and you're spending half a day mm-hmm. to get this shot that's not really telling much story, you know? All right, you're talking, just, you're talking <laughs> me off the ledge. I appreciate it. No, I mean, I'm I think I'm excited about that stuff, but you're right. There's no, there's not, I'm not, it's also like not in me. You know, it's not like though, there are people who the second they got an iPhone have been sure, doing right, this. Sure, yeah. Uh, they're in their house build you know like this is what they love to do and what i love to do is to like just make a something funny that people laugh at and has nothing to do with (laughs) there have been a number of things where i've been like no it has to look worse because otherwise (laughs) it's not funny right Right. well something i can't get out of my mind is we had this um director claire scanlon on the podcast she used to be an editor and she edited like the mindy a project pilot and she was an editor on the office i think and directed um, on the office yeah yeah and directed on the office and she said what she tries to do in every scene is just have a dynamic start you know like bad 50 year old example is like the server is carrying like a tray mm-hmm, and we, pass, mm-hmm. we follow with the camera into the scene but just something so like 
I'm not saying there isn't room for these like super dynamic, cool visual things like, you know, Euphoria, I think you did like an excellent job of using all these like amazing visual things. And they're shooting on like 35 millimeter film and stuff. But I think in commercials, like there's just this like hunger that's created by, I think, a lot of creatives, to be honest, that are just like on TikTok and on Instagram and looking at Behance and Pinterest and whatever and are just like, oh, we need to do this like cool transition, this cool move and this cool thing. And as directors, we have like we have less and less to latch onto from like this hilarious character that's sitting on the couch, you know, um, and I he's, think that a lot of yeah. that is also coming from like the sh- there are so many shorter spots now, mm-hmm. like the average of a spot is 15 because it's like going to live on social and it's going to be broadcast. So it's those types of fluid movements allow you to like cover more product and also mm-hmm. like cut faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, you know, what lets you, you cut a, faster is a uh, cut. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you totally. guys are trying to talk us out of this Our so that dream. you <laughs> can take. That's right. Uh, you can keep all of the transitions for yourself. You, you know, they're not into visuals, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you visual. just want something static. Go for it. Whatever you need. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if you guys know Harold Einstein and dummy films, but he's like the master of static hilarity. His stuff is so funny. Mm-hmm. Camera almost never moves. Yeah. Um, he, he's got a spot. So, I know this is a, and it's super it's visual. Super, too. He's yeah. got a little Caesar spot where the guy's got a, he's where he's in a full arm cast and it's like, they ask for a, a dollar for whatever product they're selling. And yeah, $5, a $5 pizza. pizza and the guy screams and busts through the, 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 the plaster cast to pull out the $5 from his pocket and hands it over. <laughs> it's one, it's one yeah. shot. I've watched it 50 times. It, if, if I just yeah. did that commercial over and over again, forever, I would be happy. It is so funny and yeah. so elegant. And I guess <laughs> I'm just mourning. And the irony is the man boards. could have used his other hand. <laughs> It's amazing. It wasn't it's in the cast. Joke. So it's so perfect. It's a great joke. Anyway, sorry. Um, David Chaffee. David Chaffee also has a lot of just like, oh, that's it. You you just just did like a one wide yeah. shot, and it's so good. It's so much better than uh, you know. It's just like so simple, and the joke is that they're small in the frame, and and, and that's that, right? And that we we know we know how hard it is to do that. Right. To, to do yeah. one shot perfectly and to cast it right, to make sure that the light, the look isn't getting in the way of things. It feels natural and relatable, but still eye catching and poppy. That's so much harder to me than a lot of the, the trendy stuff and, the, and nailing the trendy stuff is hard too. Right. Like I'm, I don't want to, I know we're joking back and forth. The visuals are equally challenging and interesting, but I guess I've just spent my whole life trying to do one shot perfectly. And to feel like that's mm. not in vogue right now is uh, giving me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it also depends on the subject yeah. matter, you know, because like if you have a, a spot that's like, you know, not going on anyone's mm-hmm. reel and it's like it's just food or it's just whatever, a, a bottle of a thing. It helps to have like so much visual like style and fluidity and like movement just to like give them something to feel proud of and i so i feel like it's like case by case or like a lowe's commercial mm-hmm. for example it's like that can kind of mm-hmm. make it it's like when you're moving through bushes mm-hmm. and then now i'm over here and now i'm like in I, are you talking yeah. i love, love a good shelf there shot. is a great lowe's mm-hmm. campaign running right now actually 
that I was like, oh, this is awesome. Anyway. Yeah, where they put the camera in the like washer. Yeah, it's in the washer and it's like maybe like yeah. in the ground as they're planting things and stuff as well. Uh-huh. It is really good. That's a great yeah. poster. It made me think of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. this is like the intro yeah, yeah. of Breaking Bad. Um, I think it's on Disney Plus. And as a parent, maybe, <laughs> maybe mm. that's where it's coming <laughs> yes. from. Anyway, probably one of the, the same you have ads movie. on Disney. Yeah, Plus? it's awesome. It's the best way to see ads. Wow, interesting. <laughs> one, uh, you know, with Drunk History, I got very, very fortunate that, like, I was able to have, to, like, every single day d- play with, like, a new mm-hmm. toy. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, today we're doing a 70s thing. So we got, like, these old Russian lenses and we're going to use this rig that, like, does this weird thing with the thing and we're going to shoot in this, like, we would just I, I really got to play around with okay we're gonna we're doing this this is a boxing thing it should be a raging bull that's how i wanted it done it was you know terry cruz and tim heidecker and i shot and and, and weird al as hitler uh but it was shot like raging bull and it was awesome um but all of that has also i do think there's a really fun way to get visual style into comedy as long as it's helping the comedy and making it's kind of part of the joke rather than overtaking the joke and mm-hmm. just being like, what? Why yeah. is that, you know, hat on a hat? This was so great. Do you have a few more minutes to hang out and endorse with us real quick? Of course. Absolutely. Unpaid endorsements. We've got two endorsements for this week. One is this website, Quizlet. Are you guys familiar with Quizlet? No. I, did, I came across it very randomly. Essentially, it's just digital flashcards for like, I guess for like studying or whatever. But it's all um, something where you can basically essentially create a, a set of study cards and they're shareable uh, on the Internet, basically. So I came across um, in doing some research the Somebody had made the, a Quizlet Sundance Buyers 2020 uh, flashcard set. So it was literally every executive who was buying movies at Sundance that year and their name and their picture. And you just like you'd, you'd click and it'd flip over and then you click and it'd go back. I mean, maybe that's interesting to you. Maybe that's not. But I, as a person who has always felt like a little behind, I was never at, like a, at an agency. I was never an assistant like knowing who the players are in a specific environment, like a film festival or something like that, like having a clean way to like study up and just feel a little bit more empowered, I think was, it was kind of mind blowing to me that like, Oh, someone has already made this thing. And most of this data is still probably pretty valid. So, you know, if you were at a bar and you met somebody, you might recognize that they were at a 24 already because of this quiz. Quizlet, the Sundance Buyers deck is, you know, Googleable. It's very clear. Um, but just in general, the idea of trading notes um, digitally, I think, is kind of interesting. And wow. um, for an anxious person, made me feel a little bit better. So that is my first endorsement. My other is the movie Renfield. Did you guys see Renfield? No. No, no one saw Renfield. It's on, I want to say, Peacock and is going away soon. It's on a few of the streamers. And I think just the license is expiring relatively soon. And it was pretty fun, actually, like better than um, I think people gave it credit for. 
and certainly worth your time. Um, like a fun, weird, stylish vampire movie, right? Vampire movie. Nick Cage is Nick Cage in it up. So uh, Quizlet and Renfield are my two endorsements. I'll, I have one that is not as good, but I'll just do it. Uh, it's your silver. Like maybe you've even sampled it for $5. Pizzana, Ooh, I mean. give, you could get a ball of their dough for $5. Oh, and really? The dough is spectacular. And Does it come in a bag or did they just, the, yeah, like you just little, gestured with your hand? Yeah, like you hold your hand you. out and then they just slop it in. <laughs> Um, you open you don't your mouth. Give flour first, and then, yeah. no, they. It's like a, yeah, it's a little plastic container. You can also then get like tomato sauce and mozzarella, and like do a whole thing, um, which is obviously great. But I haven't done the full thing. But I have now done a couple times you, when I'm driving by. Just go in, grab a ball of dough, and then uh, your pizza game at home is like a billion times better than. Anything it's better like, than like the Trader Joe's Whole Foods. It's a million pizza. times better than that. Um, Sarah, what you got? Oh, man. Okay, I have related a plug for Traeger Pork and Poultry Rub and Applewood. I would say that's like my go-to. I have a smoker. I have a green egg smoker, and it's like my mm. meditation. I like to be outside for the entire day. I like to be smelling Applewood smoke. And the Traeger Rub, I don't have a Traeger smoker, but the rub is excellent. And I also double it as a way to make burgers more appealing to my children. So if you mm. take a little handful of it and you mix it in your burger, it all gets eaten. Um, and then also Resort Pass, if you have not heard of it. Mm. I am a I've huge used one. fan. Yeah. You've done it? What is Resort in Pass? In Hawaii. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Resort, resort Pass is like you basically can rent a pool at a hotel for like the day. And Without like, staying at the hotel. You don't have to stay there. So I've been doing the Fairmont like once a month. I go there with my kids. You have access to the spa. You can hang out at the pool all day. You get cocktails. You get a discount on the cocktails. You get discounts on the on the parking. How, how much is it for the Fairmont for a day? Is it like a two hundred dollar um, type of deal? No, I want to say it's thirty five dollars per person. Oh wow! It's, it's like totally doable. I mean, when when you have four people, it's like you cut you you know. You got to make an investment, but I would say like three, you know, three right. to four hours. It feels like you went on vacation. It's awesome. Yeah. So if you have kids, uh, you should go to DeSano's Pizza. I think there's a few of them, but I go to the one on Santa Monica Boulevard and it's close to Los Feliz or I don't know where it is. But um, for, I think it's like $12, they bring you all the ingredients to make a pizza to okay. your table and your kids, instead of like talking to you, you have them make a pizza. Then you can have like a beer or some wine. Um, and it's indoors. So I think I didn't know much about it because of COVID. And my, right when my kids turned the age of, you know, like pizza parties. But now uh, we go to DeSano's and the kids just run around and because it's indoors. They can't like escape to anywhere. Oh, I love that. And they make their own pizza and like one kid's pizza. One of those make your own pizzas is enough for like two or three kids. And and it's awesome. They have yeah drinks. I've, there and... I, I've heard about this. I, I, oh, uh, and... I have to go. Giant parking lot, free parking. I was going to say, never free parking. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. So that's a very LA one. I have it. This tweet I saw a few weeks ago from this guy. His name is John Finger uh, at <laughs> Mr. J-O-N-F-I-N-G-E-R. He's a filmmaker. He's like really into AI. He's like a director like us, but he also like has been messing around with AI a lot. And he made this previs video where he's acting out 
all the scenes in like a movie. And it's just like as a test. He's like, you know, you can use this stuff for previs. And he's acting out this whole scene just shot in one shot. He's acting out all the characters and then using AI to kind of create, you know, this like action film previs with like nothing, just him literally on his sidewalk in front of his house. And uh, this is like using like the first generation of runways AI tool. So like clearly this will be getting better sooner. But yeah, I like when I'm pitching to act things out and imagine like if you could just kind of have these characters, you know, acting things out. It'd be nice for an animated GIF. This will be my other unpaid uh, endorsement is um, the like Adobe with the generative fill and Firefly and stuff now is now that it is incorporated so perfectly into the Adobe suite, it is has been life changing for me where I just every I'm just using it. It's now becoming second nature. It's like the stamp tool, but instead I'm just generative filling like ever i just like using it on, cleaning, on cleaning images up. and it's spectacular i'm just like yeah oh this is this is like the most powerful tool this is much better than me even typing stuff i mean unless i'm sure. like trying to create like an uh, an alien creature it's like if all i'm really trying to do is just do like take what the, this thing but just like make it a different thing i now i'm my go-to is uh that anyway if people want to find out more about what you all are doing, you guys tweet and you're on Instagram. How do, how do we follow Sarah and Jeremy? We are Sarah and Jeremy Direction on mm-hmm. Instagram. And um, you can Jeremy see. Connor uh, yeah. with a K um, on all media sites. I'm Sarah May B on Instagram. If you have any questions for Sarah and Jeremy, if you want to keep track of what's going on with them, you can uh, always email us at justshootapod at gmail.com. We can forward any questions along to them. Or you can just tweet at us uh, at justshootapod or at justshootapod across all social media. And I'm at Mr. Matt Enlow. And I'm at O'Kaplan on Instagram and threads. And uh, this episode was edited by Noah Bayshore. Our producer is Tyler Small. And you're listening to music from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.